In this episode of the 15 State Podcast, I have a chat with a uh, listener, Frank Castle from Queensland, where we talk about um, all things Wu flu related and uh, some other pressing local issues. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. And here we are with Mr. Castle from Queensland, who's a long-time listener, first-time caller. How are you, Mr. Castle? <laughs> Good, thanks, Cameron. How are you? Good. Hey, a uh, couple of things that we wanted to rant about today. Um, I know you want to talk about the woo flu and the bullshit that's related with that, but I thought I'd throw something your way about um, the AdBlue, um, re- uh, what is it? Fucking running out, which is supply chain problems and all that sort of shit. And everyone's favourite shock jock, Kyle Sanderlands, wanting to get a shooter's licence. Oh, God. So, uh, first of all, we'll start off. Uh, What's your experience with the woo flu? And it's up to you whether you want to disclose whether you've been unjabbed, jabbed or whatever else like that. Um, Just happy, interested to hear your thoughts. Um, Well, look, woo flu. you call it weefly, I call I call it the coof. I don't know. I don't even know where that eventuated, but yeah, um, yeah. Look, it's um, look. Happy to disclose, um, I'm I'm vaccinated. Um, my family's all vaccinated. Um, primarily, the single one and only reason we did um, was obviously um, Anastasia Palinazzi. Um, it was basically get jabbed or or don't work. Um, you know, we weren't con- we weren't too concerned about going to pubs and clubs and shows and cricket games and all that sort of nonsense. But it was basically a case of if we, if we didn't, um, we just couldn't work. It's, it's plain and simple. I mean, no job, no money, no money, no house, no food, no nothing. So, so you've been, to the, um, you've been financially sorry. coerced into getting it. Oh, look, it coerced, forced, threatened. Um, yeah. Whichever term you'd like, you know, like to use. I mean, it's, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. I mean, people say, oh, you know, you had the choice of, you know, you don't get jabbed. It's like, well, no jab, no job. And, you know, oh, well, that's a choice. It's like, are you serious? That's not a choice. Today's society revolves around earning money. Everything costs money. You need money to live. So it wasn't um, it wasn't a choice at all. And, and people can... People can argue that that side of this, you know, that side of it until the cows come home. It wasn't a choice. It was definitely coercion, a threat. I mean, in any normal society, when somebody threatens you, what do you do? You've got two options. You can either comply under duress or you can fight back. Unfortunately, if you fight back, you end up in jail because you breach, um, you know, health orders. And the state has a monopoly on violence. Well, the state does have a monopoly on violence. They don't have the numbers, realistically. Um, but look, you know, they have the power to, to you know, to, to end your life as you know it. You go to prison and, you know, what happens then? You know, you, you don't have a job, you don't have an income, uh, and your family's left outside with, with nothing as well. So people are saying it's a choice. It's not a choice at all. Mm. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, you know, up until up until the coof, your your medical decisions were your decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, there were instances where you know in jobs you, you had to have certain vaccinations. And look, uh, look, don't get me wrong, 
my family's all vaccinated, like all the other vaccinations, had no problem with those. I'm, I was fully vaccinated as a kid. Uh, my wife, my kids all had their vaccinations. I had a vaccination, uh, I think it was yellow fever from memory years ago when I when I actually went to China. It was it was a requirement that I get that before I they gave me permission to enter into China. I had to had to say that I I had that, so I went and got that. It was it's not about being an anti-vaxxer. I'm so sick to death of that term. It's pro-choice. I I don't have a problem using a vaccine or getting a, a vaccine that has had decades of use. Um, clinical trials, studies, refine, you know, refining of the vaccine and all that sort of nonsense, like tetanus shots. Like, I don't have a problem with that, you know, but that was my choice. That was our choice to get those vaccines for the kids, and we did that. But this is not a choice, mm. and it hasn't been a choice since day one. And to be perfectly honest with you, it, it's abhorrent. It's, it's abhorrent that our taxes pay the wages of these individuals making decisions on your health and, and your life and how you wish to live it. I mean, if the vaccines worked, if you choose not to get it, who assumes the risk? Mm. The person not the person not getting the vaccine. And that's it. So, you know, if if I'm, you know, I have a background in risk management, so I know that I can put strategies in place to mitigate my risk, to lower the risk to me. So if the vaccines work, why are the people who are vaccinated so scared of the unvaccinated? Because, I mean, you can see on the TV these days, you've got the New South Wales health officer coming out saying, oh, you know, all the people that are currently infected are vaccinated. You know, people went to this this super spreader event, you know, they're vaccinated. Like, So clearly the vaccinated people, as they've been saying from the start, vaccinated people can still get it. They can still spread it, and vaccinated, fully vaccinated people have died from the coup. Yeah. So, I, if you don't, if you, if that isn't enough evidence to plant the seed in your mind that the vaccine isn't the be all and end all, like isn't the only risk management strategy that you need to be putting in place to mitigate your risk, you know. People are walking around with no masks. They're not social distancing anymore. You know, I mean, I, I was sitting at a local shopping centre and I observed, I just sat there and observed as I do sometimes and there was over 80 people walked into into a Target um, and there was probably less than, I mean, less than 20 actually checked in. You know, so when when's it going to end? I mean, how much more evidence do people need to actually start to realise, there's something going. There's something not right here. Well, it, like it's it's just. Oh, it just boggles the mind. I, I just can't believe I, I live in a society where the majority of people are really quite dumb. Yeah. And that's the only way. Of, uh, that's the only way of describing them. I mean, yep, and and that's it. I mean, it ends when we say it ends. Um, and all exactly. that sort of stuff. There, exactly. there is no way known we can comply our way out of this. Um, so. If you don't mind me asking, are you going to sign up for the boosters? No. No, definitely not. Definitely not. If, if, if she decides that, oh, okay, well, fully vaccinated um, no longer means two shots, you need to get your third shot, well, that's, that's when, yeah, I think that's when it's going to, that's when it's going to end mm. for me and for us. I've, I've explicitly said to my wife, um, 
I won't be. And she is her own person. I don't speak for her. But I said to her, I would, if I was you, I would seriously be thinking about not lining up for a third shot. And I said, as long as my kids live under my roof, it's my say. Mm. Whilst they're old, they are old enough to make their own informed choices, they live under my roof, they're my children, and I will say to them, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. We're not going to line up for a third Russian roulette. And that's basically what it is. Because mm. let's, be, let's be honest, if they were, if the media weren't complicit in the propaganda and actually truly showed both sides of the coin, people would, people would not have complied to the level that they have. You know, there's only a small percentage of the population that are actually willing to do proper research, to sit down in front of a laptop with a clear mind and a clear, clear line of sight and go, right, what are both sides of the stories? Let me have a read of both sides of the stories. There are equally the same number of scientists, epidemiologists, doctors, nurses, risk management specialists, a whole raft of people who have been in those roles for years, published, published peer-reviewed papers, all sorts of qualifications and, and experience that have come out and said the vaccines don't work, they're this, they're that, don't take them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Where are those people in the media? When you turn on Sunrise, when you turn on the Today Show, when you switch on the news, all you get are pro-vaccine people, epidemiologists that, they've, that, that, the, that the government and the newspapers have picked and said, you believe in this, don't you? Uh, what are they going to say? But that's the thing. That's when because they, well, it's pushing the narrative. And we're, exactly. we see that with everything that happens. I mean, um, you know, the media is happy to condemn regardless of, of what you think of their politics and, and everything like that. So it's more about the action that I'm talking about. Um, George Christensen going on Infowars, um, Alex Antic, uh, Antic Arctic yeah. going on yeah. um, Steve Bannon's uh, thing, um, yeah. Craig Kelly uh, with what he does. Uh, you know, they're, they're quick to, to point out that, yet they say nothing about, uh, you know, why are they doing this in the first place? Why are they going overseas? Why aren't they using local media to get that message out? It's because, as, as I've said yep. all along, our corrupt corporate press is pushing a particular narrative and, oh, you know, they shouldn't have to go overseas to have their voice heard. They should be able to do it, pick up the phone, talk to someone in the age or go on to, to Sunrise and have a genuine um, interviewer there, talk to them yep. and not push this yep. bullshit narrative that they do on fucking Sunrise and um, yep. whatever. The, oh God, what's that other show? Uh, With that today? fucking banker. No, that's Sunrise. Um, yeah, today. Sorry, I'm getting more confused. Yeah, oh, today. Yeah. Um, that's Stefanovic. Yeah. Stefanovic yeah. moron. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, they just push the, the same bullshit. Um, yeah. Because um, you know, you know what? You, do you know why? They may not necessarily personally agree with the narrative, but they're pro they're, they're protecting their ass. They're what they're protecting their ass. They're protecting their own jobs. That's all. That, that's basically what it is. I mean, if you, I, I, I would find I, I would be, I would be upset to a to a degree that if I could not sit down personally one on one across the table from one of those journals or one of those hosts. With nobody else in the room and sit down and have an intelligent adult one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And I bet you that I would find one of them, at least, whether it be a reporter or, or whatever the case may be, that would actually say, 
Mr. Castle, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with all this, but I have to do it. But do I they? have to do it. I have, well, it's their choice. Look, if, it's well, their choice. If, yes, yeah, it, it, it is their, it is their choice. But you think about it, exactly the same, exactly the same that, that unfortunately has been the, the problem with. Now, look, they, you know, she can come out and say, oh, there's been increased vaccination rates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where we went to get the vaccination, I could see the look on every single person's face in that in that vaccination hub that they did not want to be there. You can tell by people's faces. They weren't happy to be there. They had to be there. They were given no choice. Now, I, you know, yes, as a... As a, as a as a journalist, they had a, they have a choice to either follow the narrative or lose their job. It's you know it's they're equally behind the eight ball if if that's how they feel. I yeah. mean, like like I said to you, I'm, I'm giving I'm giving a hypothetical yeah. that a hypothetical that you know I'm I'm hoping hoping that they don't all like every single one of them completely one hundred percent agree with it. Okay, but I I disagree with that. I reckon that they're fully they're they're well and truly drinking the Kool Aid. I mean, okay, take yeah, take Lisa Wilkinson for example. I mean, all of a sudden we we see she's been sacked from Channel Nine. Oh, sorry, she left Channel Nine because of um, a pay dispute that she wasn't getting the same amount of money that Stefanovic was on. Then all of a sudden she appears in um, the project. The book yep. comes out, and the the you know the pre-release of the book. Hey, she was sacked from Channel Nine. She was actually earning more money than Stefanovic for the first couple of years. It was only because of her own incompetence that she didn't get more. And now she's yeah. gone over to the project. Their ratings have tanked, and she might have to fucking have a have a salary decre- you know um, reduction. <laughs> so you can't right, tell book. me, yeah you, yeah, you can't tell me that they're willing to put. All this stuff, you know, in, in you know, um, it's their jobs and all that sort of shit. Like, no, I, uh, I don't yeah, believe look, that. I don't yeah, believe look, that. They've, they, they've made, they have made the choice. Oh, you're right. You're 100% right. They have made the choice to follow the narrative. There's no doubt about that. Every single one of them. But my, my point was that I think I could find at least one, if I was to have an off-the-book, not-recorded, one-on-one conversation across the table in a, in a in a room with nobody else. I reckon I could find at least one of them that doesn't agree with it. But you are right; they have made the choice to do it. There's no doubt about that. There's there's no doubt because as you as you see, you, you watch them all, and they're all get vaccinated. It's fantastic. Blah blah blah. They you know like Koshi and Nat. They have they have pro. They only have pro people on. And when they when they do eventually have a negative person on like Pauline Hanson or something like that, you know, Koshi yells and berates and talks over the top of them and all that sort of stuff. They've definitely made the choice. There's no doubt about that. But what I'm saying is, is I reckon I could find at least one of them that doesn't agree with the narrative, but they made the choice to follow the narrative because they wanted to keep their job. Oh yeah, I mean that—that that was my point. I don't know whether mm. that one might have been lost in what yeah, I was no, no, no. I mean, say right. before, but they are complicit. I, I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. They are complicit. And look, you know, I once again, you know, I, I refer it back to to the Nazis. Goebbels mm. was—he was a propaganda master, mm. absolute propaganda master. I mean, how could you possibly coerce millions of Germans into following a fucking madman? into an unwinnable war and to massacre millions of Jewish people. Mm. How do you do it? 
I mean, Goebbels' main thing, if you know, if if people actually studied history, they could they'll, they'll, they'll see the the propaganda that's currently being flooded into our television sets and our radios and our YouTube's and social media and all that sort of stuff. If you basically, and Goebbels actually said, if you repeat the lie often enough, people will believe it. Mm. If you repeat the lie often enough, people will believe it. And that is exactly what's happening now. It's exactly, it's exactly the same. It's, you know, I'm in no way trying to compare, you know, our switch and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm referring to the stuff that's, that, that led up to that, the propaganda, the speeches, the press conferences, the, you know, the yelling and berating and, and saying, you know, this, 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 these lot of people are, are disgusting. They won't get vaccinated. And, oh, you know, this, these people over here, they're vaccinated. They're awesome. You know, here, here's some freedom back for you. You know, all these people who are unvaccinated, but we're going to take all these stuff off them. We're going to punish them for making personal decisions. You know, if you look at that compared to what Goebbels did with Hitler, it's exactly the same process. Yep. And and yeah, that's the like, thing. It's the it's not the 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 final action or the the final thing. No, but it's, no, it's the process that's leading up yeah. to it by yeah. um, creating two classes, uh, making one yeah. particular group of people dirty as a, as opposed yeah. to the others who have done something that are clean and things like that. Exactly. Completely. Which, which you look at. Well, which, in all honesty, if if you were smart enough, you'd speak. Sit, you'd, you know, smart people should be sitting back going, "Well, I'm I'm vaccinated. If, if the vaccinations work like they tell me they work, why should I be scared of somebody who's not vaccinated?" And therein you know? lies the million dollar question. <laughs> I mean, you know, they always, you know, the the, the big. The, the, I love the wank words. Trust the science. I love that. Mm. I loved it when people said, "Trust the science." And I used to say to people every time I got trust the science thrown in my face. So I, I, I used to say to people, "Well, you have it. You trust. You can trust the science. You're vaccinated. You, you trust the science. There's no worries." But when I can't, when I can't question the science, it's no longer science. It's propaganda. And science and that's is what it there is. to be questioned. Yep. Science is there to be questioned. If you ask a scientist. You know about how the bloody universe universe was formed, or, or whatever the question may be. Um, that you know they'll tell you. Oh, well, it, we don't know if this is exactly what happened, but this is what we think happened. You know, this is not exactly what it is, but we think this is what it is because you know we've got these little bits of evidence and everything. That you know they they make assumptions. Mm. So, you know, when people say trust the science, it's like okay, you can trust the science, and I trust some sciences. I'm I'm you know I'm a total, totally devoid of uh, intelligence when it comes to science. I, I trust the science, but when I can't question the science, it's no longer science. It's propaganda because you keep telling me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, like, hang on a minute. You keep telling me I'm wrong, and then I'm a conspiracy theorist, and that I'm an anti-vaxer, and then I'm a right-wing extremist, and blah blah blah. It's like, well, no, hang on a minute. I'm asking legitimate questions, and I'm putting forward legitimate points that have actually. Gr- most of the time I grab them from other scientists and other ep- epidemiologists and other doctors who have actually come out and said, no, 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 this is, this is not good. You need to question this. And when you question a person, their only response is instantly going to, you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a right-wing extremist, you're a conspiracy theorist. So as you said it's before, like, well, people are stupid. People are <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, really? 
Habitually. <laughs> People are habitually stupid. And unfortunately, it's yeah. fuckers like that that vote these pricks in in the first place. So yeah. any, anyway, um, I won't go on that tangent. Um, I mean, um, we could talk we could talk about the beef flu for hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think these people are, are outright evil. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Um, yeah. They yeah. are evil. Doesn't matter whether they agree with the narrative or not. They're pushing it, and that yeah. makes them evil yeah. in my books. Um, yeah. They're not yeah. entitled to any respect or consideration or anything, um, because hey, man, you know they've made their bed. They're lying in. They uh, yeah. ought to be able to accept the consequences that come with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Totally agree. Now, speaking of consequences and evil people, uh, Mr. Sanderlands, there was a thing in The Australian. I know you wanted to talk about that one. Um, He applied (laughs) for a shooter's licence. In the pursuit of owning his pistol and rifle, Sanderlands has hit a roadblock. In New South Wales, when an individual applies to own a firearm, police must determine whether the applicant is a fit and proper person and whether it is in public interest for them to own one. An application yep. can be refused if there is grounds believe that the possessing of a firearm could be a danger to the public safety or the peace. Yep. Now, he's been rejected. Yep. He, New yep. South Wales police have turned around and said, no, you can't do it. You yep. can't have one. Uh, this is in relation to his association with uh, the Ibrahims, whoever they yep. are. Yep. Um uh, and it says here, it is understood police were concerned about some of Sanderlands' colourful friends, including convicted drug trafficker Simon Main, who was jailed in Italy yep. in 2000 for blah, 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 blah. Yep. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Should someone uh, like that, who obviously has enough money to yep. uh, obviously pay for his own security or even um, I, looking at him, I... and understanding how he, how he talks and everything like that, I don't think he has a mental discipline or the no. physical discipline to be able to participate in any competition level. No. Uh, so what would he be doing it for? Oh, well, look, I mean, well, there's, there's only two reasons you buy a firearm. That's to, com, you know, com, recreationally shoot or compete, um, you know, you know, skeet shooting or, you know, you're still shooting competitions or you're buying it to defend yourself. Illegally, and we can't do that in Australia. Um, self-defense no. is not a uh, reasonable no. excuse for owning a firearm. No, no, definitely not. So, so no, he couldn't have one. Look, I mean, there's, there, you know, a competent, um, and as as you know, um, I've had firearms licenses for many years. I've I've, I've got my own firearms. I've carried a firearm for for work for for a, a period of time. They're not something to be taken lightly. They're not a toy. Um, you know, you a competent firearms instructor at the time when he's teaching you, because you you've got to do a safety course. Um, a competent uh, instructor at that time should be making an, an assessment, regardless of what, a separate assessment to what the police do in terms of, as you were stating, you know, Cole's association with um, some unsavoury individuals in, in the in the world. Um, a competent firearms instructor should be making assessment as to whether or not that person at that time is physically or mentally capable of of being around firearms. Now, that involves them not just teaching them how to use it um, safely and competently, but also assessing their mentality and and how they behave around firearms. Now, you can't tell me that – you can't tell me that uh, whoever the instructor was that took him for that did that properly or um, that – Kyle actually behaved. I mean, he's got a—he can't even behave on the radio or on TV. So, 
I can't see him behaving any different in, in real life. And if that's the case, if he behaves that exact same way, there's God, no, no way he should be let near any firearms, regardless of who he was, who he's been associated with in, in days gone by. Well, um, the article, so no, de- definitely not. The article seems to indicate that he does have a restricted license um, because it says here the 50-year-old who shoots a, who holds a handgun license shoots weekly at a pistol club in Sydney southwest under the watchful eye of an instructor. If he's being instructed, then he wouldn't have a, a hand, handgun license. He'd no. ha- either have a restricted one or yeah. um, an interim one because he's under supervision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, what, basically, what he's wanting is to remove that supervision. Yeah, to have his own and. And I don't know what it's like in New South Wales, but um, that to me sounds like, and I'm just making an assumption here, not knowing the New South Wales um, laws in regards to that, I would, I'm would i just making the assumption that he quite possibly does not have access to that firearm in his in his house. Yeah, that, that's what it would be. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's held at the range or it, was, it, or it would be held in a, in a safe, not anywhere near him, and he would need to organised to get access to that to, to use it when he, when he wants to use it. So he wants to – basically what it sounds like is he wants to take that that step out and he wants to have the gun at home with him. Mm. And I think, yeah, oh, I think that's a really, really bad idea. <laughs> Can you imagine that, man? He'd be finding a way to own some desert eagle or some big – humongous oh. friggin' Dirty Harry style one for, for target shooting, knowing that yeah. you can't shoot targets with those sorts of, of weapons? No, no. I mean, yeah. What, I mean, why does he if, he, if he wants it just to shoot, what's wrong with the way it doesn't, what, what's wrong with way what he's got now? Mm-hmm. Like if he just wants to, you know, go down to the range and, and shoot at a paper target randomly and have a bit of fun with it or whatever, what's wrong with it now? He doesn't. He clearly doesn't want that. He clearly wants it for other reasons, mm. and the only other reason, only other reason, would be that he wants it for self-defense. That's the only two. That's the only two reasons you get. You, you buy. You get firearms is if you want to. I mean, sorry, three reasons. You, you have to get one for work, but he doesn't work in the industry. Yeah. Like he's not. A, he's not. Um, he's not security. Um, you know, our close personal protection guys here. Like bodyguards um, don't carry firearms unless it's a special, um, you know, in Queensland, I think you, you could probably get, it'd be, it would be a very rare thing, but you could get an exemption from the commissioner to, to carry on. But, but there would need to be a really high risk and need for a bodyguard to carry a firearm here in Australia mm. other, than, other than a police officer. Um, to be, I mean, I know, I know dozens of bodyguards, and not one of them carries carries their firearm and ever have, and they perform their job brilliantly. You know, their their clients are, are well protected without the gun, primarily because we don't have individuals like Kyle Sanderlands running around the streets um, carrying a firearm, likely to go off because somebody looked at him strangely or called him a bad word yep. as he walked out of as he walked out of a shopping center. Yeah. So look, I, look. In all honesty, I mean, I don't, I don't agree 100 percent with this, a lot of the decisions that police make on random occasions. But I think at this point they've made a very good decision, and I hope, I hope our legal system upholds um, that decision and doesn't cave to, you know, um, I don't know. I wouldn't even call him a celebrity, to be perfectly honest with you. But 
you know, sometimes they they like to side with um, side with the celebs to make them, you know, to make it look good. So, but yeah, I mean, I agree with their initial decision. Like I said, I hope the court upholds it mm. um, if he, if he decides to challenge it. Because I mean, you know, I'm I'm a big supporter of of, of the Second Amendment in the US. Um, I'm, you know, if if I could carry uh, a handgun daily for for self defence here. I would if I felt the need was warranted, but I don't feel threatened to the point where I feel that I need to carry a firearm. But I'd like to have the option if I did. So I mean, I'm and I'm all full. I'm all full 100% for, for self-defense. You, I think every human has an inalienable right to defend themselves if, if they're attacked, yep. and and to use and to use a, a reasonable level of force to. Um, to make sure that, that that person doesn't succeed in their goal. So, but, yeah. In but, and, so Kyle's case. and that's the thing with that. I mean, I, I you know, I, my views are people should be able to own whatever the fuck that they want. I think it's pointless that someone like Sandlands wants to have one because, I've, yeah, as we've indicated, I, you know, I think there's nefarious reasons for it, um, just my mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, yeah, but the interesting thing about, you know, talking about that um, and linking it back to the Wu-Flu thing is that we're told all this shit's happening to keep us safe. And yet, in every yeah. every jurisdiction in Australia, owning um, uh, body armor is against the law, unless you're um, being given yeah, an author exemption under, you know, yeah. for security. And yeah. yet, that shit keeps us safe. So, yeah, what? Uh, to be to be honest with you, I've, I've I've worn one a few times, and they're really quite uncomfortable. Oh yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but you still <laughs> you still like to be able to give the option of, of deciding well, yeah. whether you want yeah. to wear one or not. Because yeah. hey, if you think yeah, you're exactly. unsafe and you need to wear body armor. Yeah. Um, yeah. then it should be your option because, hey, if that's what keeps you safe, that's what keeps you safe. And you know, yeah, let, let, Let's be honest. In terms of the body armour here in Australia, the cops don't want you to wear it because they, they, want the, they, they don't want you to be they – they don't want the criminals to be protected. You know what I mean? It's, um, so they're all still you know, scared of fucking Ned Kelly. Like, shit, yeah, man, well, the dude's yeah. been dead for how many years? Like, what is yeah, it, 100 yeah. years now or something? And they're still fucking scared <laughs> of him. Yeah, well, look, it comes down to their training. I mean, if you've uh, like, I've sat in on some of their training sessions, and I've actually, I've actually run um, pistol courses and and shot next to police officers, and oh my god, like their weapons handling is is poor to say the least. Um, and then when they, yeah, then when they raise the firearm and start shooting at the target, it's just like, well, no wonder you, no wonder they changed it from you carrying six rounds to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Because mm. it's just, oh, sorry, 10. Um, no, don't they have 20s in their you, Glocks? Oh, look, I don't know what now. I mean, I haven't, you know, it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a long while since I've actually looked at the, you know, what they're carrying. But at the end of the day, they, they need more, they need more rounds because the first, the first few don't hit the paper. Yeah. Spray so, and pray. Spray but, and pray. Uh, yeah. But I mean, look, it comes down to, you know, there's more than just their ability to pull the trigger and hit the hit the target. There's a lot more to it, and I don't think I don't think that their training is enough for them to be able to carry. Put it this way: I'm actually more scared, and this is a fact. I am more scared of being shot by a cop accidentally than I am getting shot by a guy right in the bank that I'm standing. Mm. And simple fact is that the guy robbing the bank, it's probably not his first time and he's probably gone out bush in the middle of nowhere and he's probably put 100 rounds through that through that gun 
to get his, to get competent with it and you know then then you know you know a cops cops do once a year mm. how can you maintain you can't it's a perishable skill you can't maintain an adequate level of competency shooting once a year you cannot it's just a, it's just a fact and 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 this is the thing like so. civilian firearm ownership you have to compete at least twice a year you have to have um x amount of visits to the to the um gun club and everything like that and yet after your handgun yeah yeah, yeah, and yet, to compete, yeah yeah um you know people who are authorized by law to carry one every day and use one in any situation that they feel like don't have to do the same thing so where's the proficiency yeah well it's the same as um, the same as security guards mm. i mean I, I get equally scared when i see armor guard and prosecutor guys in shopping centers <laughs> because everything, you know, they're carrying the gun, but they're, you know, where they're standing, how they escort the money. Um, you can, there's a situ- level of situational awareness is, is poor again, to say the least. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just staggering. The competency of, of the individuals who are, you know, allowed to carry them in public and, and use them, you know, if they, if they see in a situation yet, yeah, I can't, I can't carry one to to protect my family. Mm. I shoot I shoot two to three times a month, mm. and yeah. I and I do and I do that to maintain proficiency in the use of the firearms. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm I'm yeah. not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> but no, back to the original point. Kyle Sandland should not be allowed uh, to have full access to his firearms. And he, if he wants to have one, he should always be supervised. Mm. Most definitely. Yep. All right. All right. Now, last, <laughs> last word um, before we go down another rabbit hole. Um, thoughts yeah, on the yeah. blue shortage? Oh, look. That's. I mean, that's that's just incompetent. It's just incompetence personified, isn't it? I mean, it's it's no different to Australia not having a stockpile of fuel that we're supposed to have. Oh, we do, because we're borrowing some off the do US we? who are dipping into theirs to oh, reduce their we? fuel price. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was I an agreement. That. Oh, there yeah. you go. Oh, there you go. Oh, apologies. I, I, I missed that. But, yeah, okay. Um, so we have well, to put look, it on yeah. a boat to get from the US to here for oh, yeah. it. So, well, yeah, you can see them yeah. getting it up. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, I mean, yeah, okay. Well, I didn't realise that. Well, there you go. Um, it's like us taking all their vaccines off them. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, oh, look, I mean, it's no, like I said, it's just incompetence. It's just something that's been, obviously, you can't tell me that somebody somewhere didn't realise that, you know, we were running low and should have done something about it a long time ago. Um, but from what I can gather, I mean, I'm not 100% across uh, across the, across it at all, but from what I can gather, it's not something that will stop the trucks from running. No, it does. Um, it prim- does. Well, primarily because... And I've spoken to a couple of truck mechanics that you can actually um, do some changes to the truck engines and stuff like that, and the trucks will turn on normal diesel. But it's purely just do with um, environmental, the, yeah. the environmental um, stuff of it. So yeah, I know my car. If it runs low, there's warning signs, yeah. and it says it will not start after a particular time, yeah. and the manual says it, so it won't start. Um, okay. you yeah. can get it adjusted to take the sensor off and I think it costs about three grand to get a car or yeah. a truck done or something like that. But then there's yeah. a concern is what does that do to the warranty because it's only newer newer trucks or newer vehicles, diesel vehicles that have it. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's based on the Euro 5 or 6 standard or, or whatever it was. But, um, yeah. I think it, let's blame the government for that one because they let Incitec pivot, stop producing the shit um, and we're reliant on, you know, we never learnt the lesson at the start of the Wu flu by yeah, exactly. not importing everything and we've just decided yeah. to say, yeah, all right, hey, we'll ignore it. Now we've got three weeks we're left. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, anyway, hilarious in itself. I mean, I can't wait to see what, you know, whether or not it actually it actually happens and, and what actually, what what impact it actually does have. Mm. Um, you know, you always hear the, the wake words about supply chain crisis and supply chain issues and all that sort of stuff. It's, you know, they, they really like pushing the same, you know, the same statements as trust the science and all that sort of mm. nonsense. They get onto these, you know, few little key statements and they love to, I'd love to flog them to death. So, mm. look, I, I think AdBlue is just one little one little Lego brick of part of a um, of a bigger issue. Yeah, I, I think um, it's distracting. To be honest, it's hiding yeah, something else that's yeah. going on that we're not looking like at. They, yeah, exactly. I mean, if they really wanted to, um, if they really wanted to fix the issue, they could. I mean, but you know, it's it's always good to maintain the fear. Mm. Maintain maintain the compliance. You know, stop people from going out. And, you know, they think it's going to stop people from, from from panic buying and stuff like that. If they, uh, you know, if they say you know there's a supply chain crisis and all that sort of stuff, but you know, they just don't seem to realise that that's not how people think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the whole the whole toilet paper fiasco wasn't. You know, they kept saying about you know how it's um, people think we get our toilet paper from you know from China and and all that sort of stuff. No, it wasn't. It was just one or two people in all honesty that started it. One or two people went and decided, oh, you know, I'm going to um, I'm going to um, you know, go and buy half a dozen half a dozen bags of of toilet paper, and then they posted it on social media, and it just went viral from there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that that's all it was, you know. People on TikTok saw it and went, "Oh Jesus!" You know, people are panic buying toilet paper and all that sort of stuff. It's like, no, they're not. And that's how—I mean, that's how—that's how anything starts. I mean, you—you you know, if you—if you've got enough followers and you post something, you know, that is inflammatory, like in—you know—is is designed to inflame uh, a reaction uh, from from people. Um, you're going to get a certain number of people who react, and they're going to post it. And they're going to get in a certain number of people that react to that, and then they're going to post it. And all of a sudden, within a day or two, it's gone viral. Mm. You know, so that's exactly that's exactly the same. I mean, like I said, it wasn't a case of literally there were hundreds of people just going, "Oh, we all need toilet paper at the same time." No, it wasn't. It was only a handful of people started it, and it just everybody copied it after that. Mm. You know, and that's where it stemmed from. I mean, in all honesty, and it comes back to the other thing: have- people are fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's I, I hate to say it, and I hate to be critical of 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 my fellow my fellow Australians. I mean, I'm not going to speak for people in other countries, but for the love of God, people, just tone it down, take a step back, take a deep breath, and open your eyes. It's really not hard. It's really not hard. Mm. I mean, you, all the information is at your fingertips, yeah. and it's both sides. That you need to people think. They need to get both sides of the story. I mean, with the ad, you know, the ad blue thing, yeah, you know, supply chain crisis, we're going to run out, the trucks will stop, and you know, your groceries at Woolworths won't be there. Blah blah blah. It's like, hang on a minute, that's what they're telling you. Just take a step back and get onto Google. As much as I hate it, 
it's Google seems to be the go-to. I use DuckDuckGo or Brave myself. Mm. Um, and look at the other side of the story. Look at look at the back end. Look at what happened to get to this point and what other people have, uh, are saying about it. I mean, I've got truck drivers. There are truck drivers on social media coming out and saying, it's all a load of crap. Like, yeah, we're a bit low, but the trucks aren't going to stop. You know, transport companies are just going to, you know, streamline their operation. He goes, you know, they're saying grocery grocery stores aren't going to be, you know, void of food or toilet paper or anything like Just calm down. Mm. But then on the flip side of the coin, you've got, yeah, you've got the media and you've got politicians coming out. Oh, my God, it's a national disaster. And people lap that stuff up. Yep, you we, know what? We love our fear porn. Well, you know what? The fear, you would live a much happier, contented life if you turned your TV off. Yep. Dead yep. set. Yep. That's it. That the pandemic, the pandemic would end if people just turned off their TV. You would be none the wiser. You would be no, You would have no idea. That's it. I mean, I call it. I call it the coup flu. Mm. Coup flu. Keyword. Keyword being the flu. I have no doubt that there is something out that you know in the air. That, but I don't think it's anywhere. I seriously, in all honesty, two years down the track. I don't think it's anywhere near as devastating pandemic as as what they claimed it to be two years ago. Yep, totally. By agree. any stretch, by any stretch of the imagination. Same as the ad blue. Same as ad blue. You know the whole. You know if if the trucks stop, Australia stops, or whatever the hell they got on the back of their trucks. You know, I I don't think that would be a thing either if you just turned your TV off. Mm. Turn your TV off, spend time with your family, go on picnics, just get on with life. Yep, yep, and that's what we need to do. You know, yeah. All yeah. right, all right. Exactly. going to have to end here, otherwise we'll just keep waffling yeah. all day. Um, oh, mate, we could go on for hours with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, thanks for that, <laughs> so, Mr. Mark, Castle. That's all right. Um, yeah, look, if you want to have a chat again. I, um, yeah, just um, just let me know. I'm I'm happy to um, I'm happy to talk. All as right. you can tell. All right. Well, so, we'll, we'll um, see yeah, what else so we can do. Good luck down there in Melbourne, mate. Um, wish, us, wish us wish us luck up here. We've got the uh, pandemic of the vaccinated about to incom- be incoming. So. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, mate. So thank you for listening to that episode. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on it. Uh, you can find show notes for any of the things that we spoke about uh, by going to the fifth.estate forward slash episode two three. Uh, my name is Cameron Blewett. This was another episode of the Fifth Estate podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. I look forward to having you join me on that.